0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stevie Clark and other Scottish FA and SPFL figures take wage cuts as coronavirus continues to hit our game. Rangers and Celtic both fined by UEFA for recent rule breaches. And we'll check in on another Premiership manager to find out how his club is being affected during these strange times. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio is Gordon DL. And working from home, keeping safe, socially isolating is Roger Hanna. Yeah, and it's been another difficult week. Gordon, the lockdown continues. We hope all our listeners are keeping safe and well. There's still no football. And both clubs and associations now are feeling the financial pitch. Steve Clark, as you heard in the news headlines, and Hamden staff are taking cuts or wage deferrals. Hibs, Hearts and Aberdeen are in talks over similar savings. And even Neil Lennon now admitting Celtic, the richest club in the country, are not immune from the financial hit. It's a deeply worrying time for the country and for our game. Uh, we have you in crystal clear quality, Gordon. You've never sounded better. You're here in the studio. Everything well? Oh, brilliant. It's the first time I've ever say- sounded better than Roger Hanna, who's sitting in the comfort of his big uh, sofa back in uh, Newton Mearns. But delighted to be here, Gordon. It gives you a bit of uh, time just to get out and come in and listen to the views of the listeners and the callers when they, they come on. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we know how serious it is, but we like a little bit of fun. But it just hits home today for me when, you know, the Celtic, who everybody in this country thinks have got bags and piles of money, and Neil Lennon's talking, well, we'll have a look at it in April. Worrying times. Uh, Roger Hanna, just so that we're clear, is it still the living room? Have you been relocated elsewhere? No, I'm still in the living room. I'm, I look out to the street. It's been a nice day again, Gordon. Thank goodness I'm not getting a wet week. It would be really miserable. <laughs> That's where we're at We've actually discussed the weather On Clyde One Super Scoreboard mm. At four minutes past six Yeah we'll be discussing More than that till, uh, Before eight o'clock Gordon But we're here We're good spirits And uh, I hope everybody else is And we know it is difficult times But we'll fight our way through Yes so one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number you need Why not talk to us Just let us know What is on your mind Maybe some of you Haven't had the same Sort of social interaction That you're uh, used to having So why not give us a call and talk to the guys And uh, you can tweet us as well If you'd rather do that at Clyde SSB But primarily on the phones 0141 951 1025 And your challenge for tonight is this We're actually looking for your help We're looking for your recommendations Me, Gordon, Roger And all the other listeners want to know How you've been getting your football fix Give us your tips What football, books, films, documentaries Should we be turning to during these barren times of no live sport I know loads of you out there will have some good suggestions We'd love for you to share them So come on here on the phones 01419511025 Or on Twitter at Clyde SSB And tell us how have you been getting your football fix Just give us your recommendations Books, films, documentaries With a football theme What would you recommend? Roger Hanna, you will have a few up your sleeve I would imagine well, you two are okay. You've been uh, just repeating Motherwell Ford and United Three, which is shown in all its glory and on the BBC on Sunday night on TV. Um, I, I'm watching a lot of sporting stuff. The Maradona movie was on again the other night. I actually watched a terrific documentary at the weekend, which followed the rise of of Ian Wright and David Rocastle at Arsenal. I think it's been repeated again tonight. It was a terrific one. 
in terms of books, there's no shortage of, of great autobiographies. One of, one of the recent ones I finished was Duncan Hamilton's Brian Clough autobiography, I think it was called, Promise You Won't Kiss Me. It's an absolutely terrific book. And as Daz will know, because I think he uses a copy to, to prop up a sugarly leg in his kitchen table, it's a great autobiography of Archie Knox, which someone wrote a couple of years ago. I thought you were going to say oh, that. Yeah, I, got I, to plug that. I was going to mention that. it if you didn't. Ah, don't worry. I do remember it fondly uh, when Archie came in. So yeah, that's a good start from Roger Hunt. Uh, would, you, would you stick your neck out on the, the Maradona movie, Roger? We're not going to be disappointed if we turn to that. No, no, you won't be disappointed. It's, it's really good, and it, there's so much. It, and, and listen, the sports channels just now are having to turn over to archive stuff because they've not nothing live to do either. And it's actually been it's been quite good looking back in some of the great games. I kidding you guys on about the Motherwell Cup win in '91, but a couple of nights earlier there was the Hearts Hibs Cup final as well. I think there's more to come. There's there's some great English stuff repeats of the old the, the big match that you used to have with Brian Moore on a Sunday afternoon. There's so many of those every time you look at the TV. So no shortage of old footage, no shortage of, of great documentaries, and no shortage of great sporting movies either. Yeah, I've got to say, Roger, uh, Maradona 1 is very, very good. You've watched it yes, already, have you? Yeah, I've watched it, but I'll tell you another brilliant uh, film, uh, Busby, Sir Matt Busby. Uh, I watched that last week, and, you know, two managers, Scottish managers, obviously so successful. It goes through the times, obviously, with the, the, the plane crash and everything. Uh, the Busby Babes It's absolute fantastic Came from North Lanarkshire Gordon So for us Scottish guys Want to learn how to be a real manager Watch that <laughs> I hope Wilson's listening That's just a bit of fun To keep us ticking along In the background tonight We're looking for your help Your recommendations What have you been doing To get your football fix Books Documentaries Films There are loads out there So we want your help Give us your recommendations Maybe ones we haven't heard of Or maybe some classics That you've dug out During these difficult times 01419511025 And at Clyde SSB On Twitter Roger there are actually More Football related headlines Doing the rounds today Than there have been In, in previous days But of course Mostly with one theme uh, That runs throughout them And the, the, the obvious one, the standout one from earlier on Is that Stevie Clark and other Scottish FA and SPFL figures have taken wage cuts Also, it's understood 50% of the staff at the Scottish FA have been placed on furlough leave Using that government scheme allowing them to claim 80% of their wages uh, With their status being reviewed on an ongoing basis The remaining staff, including all other national team coaches such as Shelley Kerr Manager of the Scotland women's team, of course, agreed a 10% reduction with immediate effect, also subject to review. So, clearly, Roger, the lack of William Hill Scottish Cup semi-finals, the lack of a sellout Hamden for a Euro playoff against Israel, is starting to have an impact. Yeah, well, Rod Petrie, the SFA president, who himself has taken a 20% reduction, um, spoke earlier on, j just saying that, you know, they've, they've missed out on the money of a Hamden full house against Israel last Thursday night. They are missing out on their share of the money from Hibs versus Hearts, Celtic versus Aberdeen, to glamorous semi-finalists, which would have filled Hamden. And of course, they're missing out for now in a Scottish Cup final as well. So all revenue streams are drying up for the SFA, just as they're drying up for the SPFL along the corridor at Hamden. And if there's no football for football people to be involved in, if there's no football revenue coming in, it's very difficult for the football associations, as it is for the clubs, to find money to pay the staff. The government job retention scheme will help, the furlough will help, 
pay 80%, I think, of wages up to £2,500 a month. But in football terms, there are a lot of people fortunate enough to earn a good bit more than that. And clubs are struggling now to find ways of paying them. Yeah, Gordon, I guess there was a, a bit of an inevitability about this. Like I say, if you're looking at ways that the Scottish FA were hoping to make money, that there were obvious ones, the Scottish Cup mm-hmm. semis, that game against Israel, not there. So it's... Yeah, money's tight uh, across the board, Gordon. I'm not going to stand here and give them a massive pat in the back because of taking 10% wage cuts. Uh, there are more important things out there. There are people dying with this illness. There are people working hard to save people. So, yeah, every, every little bit helps, but... If we have to take a lot of cuts, if we have to, you know, just live off the essentials and how to get through this, football could become secondary. There's no doubt in that. Um, so, yeah, well done to them that if they're taking 10%. But I'm sure I'm down the country, we'll have players out of jobs. I'll have no money. Uh, they'll be struggling to pay mortgages when they'll have families. So I'm not going to sit here and clap them in the back for 10%. Yeah, for what it's worth, Roger, I don't think that that's the aim either. And, and that's... That's where this stuff all gets a bit uh, a bit messy, if you like, because football people are just workers like everyone else, but, but they're also there in, in the limelight and there's maybe a bit more knowledge of, of salaries and things like that. And, and I've noticed already sort of, you know, mudslinging about who's taking what pay cut and, and how it should be more or it should be less. And all that stuff just makes me feel a little bit uneasy. I thought there was an understanding that, that these are really, really tough times and, and maybe just to show a bit more understanding and kindness towards each other. Absolutely, and and I think each case should be taken on its own merits. We don't know how much the SFA are needing to save, how much Hearts or Hibs or Aberdeen or any other club are needing to save, and I think the discussions between employers and employees at each institution, each club, each association will be different because they will need to put together financial packages that allow them to make the savings that they need to make to continue once this coronavirus cash crisis is over. So some places they'll only need to make 5 or 10 or 15% savings and Budge has made it clear at heart that the situation is so dire that she wants 50% cuts across the board. So each solution must be found for each problem. And you know yourself, Gordon, none of us want to take any cut their money, none of us would like to take any cut their money, so I certainly won't be he's sitting here criticising anyone for taking any cut in their money at the minute. 01419511025 is the number you need we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB and don't forget we're also looking for your help tonight your recommendations, how do we get our football fix these are desperate times, so which football books, TV shows, documentaries films would you recommend to give us the football fix, let's speak to Alec in Parkhead first up tonight, hi Alec Hi lads, how are we doing? Not too Even bad, Alex. what's on your mind tonight Alec? Hey, Alec. Uh, well, uh, you know, football probably is the, the least, you know, worries to a lot of people and everything else But it's a sports show, you know, it's a football show it's, It keeps us it keeps us going, you know what I mean, for everything that's happening in the news, you know what I mean We're in unprecedented times, uh, I don't think anybody would have thought that for one minute, you know We'd be talking about the things we'd be talking about and seeing the things that we're seeing but you know as I say I like supporter just obviously going back to football when I was going to line obviously you knew I walked it to the, the games every, every game I'd be going to line to see Selic at home I was like this is one step closer to getting nine in a row you know every game that we ticked half 
then we'd away, you'd watch the game, the television, and we'd away, then we'd be back at Parkhead. That's sort of a, because I can't, uh, realistically, I can't see this season getting played out. I would like to see it getting played out. Uh, I've got a wee idea on that. You know, it, it maybe a wee bit harder than the other squads, but, you know, if we were wanting to, to, to look at the sport integrity and all that and play it to the, to the final, you know, you could play four games in eight days. Now, I know players would be stretched, that's that and the next thing. But even with that, we don't know if the league's going to start in August, September, October, if it's going to start this year at all. So even these ideas, you know what I mean, they might not be behind me, but I tell you one thing, and it's if Celtic were to get awarded the title, and there's an asterisk beside it, I will not give a job. I will not give a don't thing that I'd be a bit upset with was that I, I wasn't there to witness it when we go when we kicked our last ball, or whatever. But if we get the title and there's an asterisk beside it, and Celtic nine in a row, and if twenty years time my grand Wayne is like grander after Celtic get ten, that would be grander. What's that we? What's that we star beside Celtic? When it says nine, I would just be like, son, that's when Celtic were special that year, so that's just a being. I will not give a job because players, managers, yourselves, what you always say is the league table never lies. Hearts are at the bottom for a reason. Celtic's at the top for a reason. 90% of this, this season, Hearts have been at the bottom. They, you know, they were always going down. 95% of the season, Celtic's been at the top. At the end of the league campaign, and I know this isn't the end, but you always say the league table never lies. So if Celtic were to get awarded it, I will take it, no problems. I mean, Roger, in the last couple of weeks, I don't think this show was ever going to benefit from sort of going round in circles on this every single night because the bottom line, and it's actually not really changed, is that, that, that no one really knows. Everyone keeps saying, yeah, we want to play out the season, but nobody knows if it's possible. We don't even know when we're going to be allowed out of our houses. So how can we make... An accurate assessment of when football is going to return. I am reluctant to, to, to go round in circles about things that, that we really can't speculate on accurately. Um, do you think we are any further forward? Um, yeah, well, I do think we're probably a little bit further forward. We'll be a lot further forward, hopefully, by this time tomorrow night after UEFA have heard their crisis conference call of the 55 Members Association. They are going to look at how or if this 2019 season, 2020, sorry, 2019-20 season can be concluded. Um, there is huge financial pressure on the big five nations, Spain, Germany, England, France, Italy, to conclude the season. Otherwise, they could leave themselves open to enormous legal suits from broadcasters heading into the billions of pounds, Gordon. Um, in Scotland and in most other European nations, we don't have those pressures. Um, the biggest pressure in Scotland now is ensuring that our 42 senior clubs stay alive beyond this crisis. And then when the next season kicks off, whenever that may be, we still have those 42 clubs. So I would anticipate that we won't see another ball kicked in Scotland in the 2019-20 season. I think the next time we see competitive action in this country, it will be under the branding of 2020-21 and it's then down to the SPFL to decide how they conclude this current season and whether or not they award titles, not just to Celtic but to the D United, to Rovers, to Cove Rangers 
and whether or not they decide to relegate the likes of Hearts, Partick Thistle and Stranraer, or whether they restructure the league to avoid relegation and the chaos that that would cause. Yeah, and there's your problem, because the league table can lie if you're Partick mm. Thistle, because you've got a game in hand. Yes. So, so how on earth? Uh, listen, Gordon, I admire Alex Foresight able to predict how he's going to feel and what he's going to say in 20 years' time, but the priority at the moment is just making sure clubs survive. And, that, and, that, and yeah. it's, and I think it's difficult to look further beyond that at the moment. I think Alec will not be alone in his opinion, um, but there'll be other opinions out there. I'm sort of with Roger in this one, Gordon, and I think it'll be very difficult to get this season finished. I don't know where the cutoff is. Do we wait to the end of April, beginning of May, and then make a decision? Decisions will need to be made. I wouldn't like to be in the shoes of the people that are making those decisions because it's going to be really difficult because there are arguments all over the place, as you say, party thistle game in hand, there's other people within touching distance, do we really know that Hearts in the last 8-9 games will get relegated so there's a lot of uh, talking to be done um, and I just think we've got to get somewhere along the line of a cut off time where we say right it can't go any further, we've got to make a decision on this, I'm sort of it's hard to argue against Roger saying that you know will we see another ball kicked until next season starts Thank you very much Alec and Parkhead on the line It's 01419511025 On the phones It's at Clyde SSB On Twitter And lots of replies already on Twitter About your suggestions How to give us a football fix It would be nice to get some on the phones as well So what football books, movies, documentaries Would you recommend for us during these times 01419511025 And we'll bring you news of UEFA fines For both Celtic and Rangers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna's in his living room. Gordon DL is in the studio, and they're both waiting for you to get in touch. 01419511025 and on Twitter at Clyde SSB. The challenge we've set you tonight, the help that we need is for the football fix that everyone's needing. What are your recommendations? What are your tips? What are your hidden gems? Maybe some old classics that you've dug out, books, films, documentaries. What should we be watching to get the football fix? And Twitter never disappoints uh, on this. Um, Taylor Scott says, if Santi Munez making his dream come true at Newcastle in goal doesn't cut the mustard, nothing will. You're looking blank. You've never no, seen that, have no, you? No, I've not. Uh, recent, uh, is it good? Have you, have no, in, in a, I don't know if good is the right word. It's a, it, is it worth a watch? In these desperate times you would watch it Put it that way Is it better than the thing that I watched? That's all I'm asking you Better than Maradona? Yes I don't know, I've not seen it yet But it is on my list um, We Kev says Sunderland Till I Die Season 2 starts tomorrow Ooh, On Netflix I watched the first one the good Yep Yep, yep I'm in for that And I want Roger would, would Jack Ross feature in Season 2? I think he probably would Yes, he does. Yeah, he features extensively in season two, I'm told, as does Martin Bain, the former Rangers CEO, who I think was chief, chief executive of Sunderland during the making of the second series. Another one I watched the other night, and it was a repeat, Gordon, and it, it is only going to suit, perhaps, a percentage of our listenership. But um, the Glasgow 1967, the Lisbon Lions documentary. Now, if you are a Celtic fan, it is a must-watch. But if you are not a Celtic fan... Fast forward to the little cameo when they take Bertie Old back to Panmuir Street in Mary Hill, where he was born, where he grew up. And I, I, I defy you not to laugh at the stories <laughs> Bertie Old tells back in Panmuir Street. Jordy Gaz has been getting his fix with replays of the Scottish Cup games online. 
uh, on TV But binge watching Netflix's The English Game He says Don't be fooled by the name It's about the first two paid footballers Who are from Glasgow Trying to win the FA Cup With a working man's team That sounds good What's that called? The English Game I, I'm on that Yeah, that yeah. sounds good Yeah that sounds you, right you, up you my street You know my routine In the living room On the recliner Is films Right okay And Netflix is bedroom That's the way I break my day up I was about to ask why Then I realised I definitely don't want to know the answer So I think we will move on And I've, I've found the most bizarre The most niche suggestion, Roger If we can top this tonight I will be impressed Slash worried Token Jester says Guys, if you go onto YouTube There are hours of grandstand Teleprinter footage You can watch the old results Coming in old school style And uh, while away a few hours Guessing just when it was while, uh, Just like it was Like waiting for your team's result To come through Well, you did ask He says Frank Boff Is that right, Roger? Am I correct in that? Frank Boff was grandstand Yes, of course he was Dickie It was Dickie Davis. Davis On the other side In world of sport In those days But if, if you want to go onto YouTube and, and a bit of enjoyment Somebody pointed this out To me the other day Go and watch a random game Pick a random game And see how differently It's refereed then Than it is nowadays <laughs> Someone was speaking to me The other day They had watched The original Man United 3 Crystal Palace 3 The FA Cup final Which I think was 1990 And they reckoned There could have been Six red cards in the game well, we were all watching. And if you look back, you know, you watch the BBC coverage of of the Motherwood and D United game the other night. What about some of the challenges? Luke Nyhol, <laughs> John Clark, some of those, and David Syme. He needed to be persuaded to flash a yellow card in the game. Yeah. Extra time, he flashed that card. Eventually, yeah, eventually. As I said, Gordon, and I watched the different styles because I was putting on it about the different styles of football now. You know, now it's all about building from the back, centre halves, full backs. On those days, get it back to goalkeeper, lump it up the pitch, and go and try and score a goal. I had to Google this. I couldn't. I, I could remember the name, and, and I did figure that was part of the title. And I, this is just my age. This is perfect for me as a. A ten-year-old. Did you ever see the film? There's only one Jimmy Grimble. I don't even know who Jimmy Grimble is. And I just wondered if it was based on on your Man City career. It's a, he finds a magic pair of football boots and ends up at, at Main Road. And I just I wondered if did Jimmy play uh, with the city? I wondered if that's where the inspiration <laughs> came from. No? Not, is that? It's not a true story, is it? What magic football boots? No, yeah, it's not you a true have story. Magic no. football boots. <laughs> I had magic football boots <laughs> I did as copas Every time they, they put the ball in the back end eh? You'd be asking me if Harry Potter Is a real life story <laughs> soon uh, Anyway let's uh, go back to the so Gordon, Because w- watching some of these big match Coverage you know from Brian Moore Back in the day I've seen a lot of, of 82, 83, 84 Manchester City stuff Guys like Paul Power Tommy Caton Dennis Chua Kevin Reeves Daz must have been injured An awful lot in those days Because <laughs> I, I didn't see him at all In any of those City sides Was your ankle and knee okay Daz? Good teammates of mine there Roger uh, You can throw in another Razor Hartford Member played with Scotland Had a hole in his heart Great yeah, lad yeah, by Kevin Bonds and people like that. So that was the start of the hip injury, probably. When, when you when you're playing the big time, Roger, I don't know if you've ever been down there playing, but if you're playing the big time, yeah, I'm delighted these boys are still showing up. I'll eventually come somewhere. I actually looked in my cupboard there day to bring out a video to show you know sit and watch just one game. Of, you couldn't find it. I've not got one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever been on TV Right, keep your recommendations coming Robert is a Rangers fan He's from Air What have you got for the panel tonight, Robert? How you doing, guys? Um, just wanted to ask a quick question As to why footballers are still to be on full wages 
when obviously clubs are struggling, trying to get them down when there's people out out of luck, down to maximum a two and a half thousand pound a month, and why they're still on full wages. Roger. Um, well, a lot of them are now not going to be in full wages. A lot of them are going to be either furloughed and have eighty percent money, or depending how Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen and others structure the the reductions, be it deferrals or pay cuts, a lot of them are not going to be. Why were they at the start? Because they have contracts with the clubs and the clubs are duty bound to pay them the same as if, if you're a, a contract with a normal employer. Um, I think the longer we go, there'll be pressure, clubs will feel pressure to use this, this controversial clause 12 that is in most footballers' contracts where if the football season is suspended, Clubs, and the legal advice came at the tail end of last week to them, clubs might feel that they no longer have an obligation to pay players their wages. Um, the flip side of that is are players then obliged to fulfil the detail of their contract and stay with that club. So uh, I, I know it's hours and hours and hours of work for our friend and colleague Fraser Wisher at the PFA Scotland. Um, I think he's desperate to work with the clubs rather than work against the clubs. I think the last thing he wants is players ending up in legal fights with their clubs going through the courts for weeks and months on end. So it's a difficult time for all. I don't know whether you're an United fan yourself, Robert. I see the club put out a statement this afternoon saying for the time being they will honour contracts, they will play, pay their players through the months of April and May as well. I think the majority of players' contracts expire towards the, the start of June. So by that stage, they will hope there's clarity they will hope they've been paid out the prize money along with all the other clubs. But this is an ever-changing and ever-evolving situation. And I think, you know, even by tomorrow night when, when Mark and Jim are on with Gordon, you, you might see uh, things have changed again. Does that clear it up, Robert? What's going to happen then if the season extends and it doesn't get finished till, say, July or August, if players are out of contract, are they still going to get paid? Yeah, I mean, Roger, that would be that would be the obvious one that, that has to be smoothed yeah, out we, we simply don't know the answer to that at the moment before the majority, Yeah, Fraser said before in the show The majority of footballers' contracts in this country End, I think about June the 9th Yeah, that's what he said so when he was on there has, Yeah, there has been chat that If they see, now, Daz and I have both said We, we, we see great difficulty in finishing this season But if things were to improve quickly If we were to get the season finished you know, Be it in July or August I think there will be pressure on the clubs to extend all those players' contracts until such times as the season's over. And it will be up to the individual players whether or not they're willing to sign those deals. And by that, I mean, you know, if, if, if a player is offered a, a two-month extension, say, at Club A, are they willing to sign that and risk perhaps a three-year deal that they were about to sign at Club B? I've heard Ian McCall speaking. He has, he's got various players signed up for Partick Thistle on pre-contracts So they would leave their club on the 9th of June They'd probably become party official players On the 10th of June So if the season is extended Come the 11th of June Which club does that player play for Gordon? So there, there are all manner of contractual issues That Fraser and the PFA Scotland And the SFA and SPFL Are going to have to churn through in the next few weeks Good, yeah, luck. Think, Good luck to anyone who oh, does have to come yeah, up with and, a and also solution. If that is if that is the you know, it gets to the point of that, Gordon, you've got to say to yourself, if if you were in the players' shoes, what would you do? Because you look at it just now, there's no football, there's no training, clubs are the club that you're at, they're doing everything in their power to keep your wages to pay 
um, your bills and help you as much as you can like Air United have just stated there the Air United players will be paid now do you show a bit of loyalty to the club and take the chance or do you become selfish and say no I'm going to sign with other club there because I'm getting better money it really is going to be a difficult position for every single football player and club an example does one of the players, Ian McCall, has signed in a pre-contract for Partick Thistle as Ross Doherty of Air United, who was his captain at Air. So Ross Doherty's contract, I would think, would finish June 9, and the days after that, he'll become a Partick Thistle player. What happens if the season extends into July, and there's a game in the Championship between Air United and Partick Thistle in July, they could see an Air United win takes them into the promotion playoffs? A Partick Thistle win keeps them in the Championship rather than relegation to League One. Who does Ross Doherty play for? Mm. Does he play? How does he feel going into the game? You know, it could be the difference between him playing in one league, playing in another league. It could be the difference between his current teammates playing in one league and another league, his future teammates playing in one league and another league. I, I just think there's an awful lot of issues that would prevent us playing on to the end of this domestic season. Thank you very much to Robert in air It's 01419511025 We do have some news regarding fines from UEFA For both Rangers and Celtic today Uh, I'll try and give you a brief explanation of what they are Rangers have been fined basically for three separate offences €10,000 for a fan invading the field of play during the Braga game A separate fine of €5,000 for throwing of fireworks during the same game and the third one is for the Leverkusen match The most recent match that, that, that we witnessed um, Again, throwing of objects from the crowd A fine of €5,000 As for Celtic uh, Well, let, let's deal with them first, Roger Just I don't want this to become a a, a lengthy and forgettable list um, Well, listen, Gordon, it's dead simple And we say the same things after each of these UEFA fines Don't throw fireworks Don't throw objects Don't come onto the field of play Reasonably straightforward rules, but time and time and time again, there are people who flout those rules, and all it does is it leads to financial penalties for your club. Yeah, and those ones are, are quite obvious there with relation uh, to fans. Celtics are a bit stricter, if that's the, the right word. Yeah. Um, Neil Lennon is being held responsible, Gordon. Celtic have been charged fifth and fined €15,000. Um, because the Copenhagen game kicked off late Possibly yeah. by just a couple of minutes mm-hmm. uh, But it's Neil Lennon's fault by all accounts He's been warned about his conduct um, So there we go There's a, yeah, there's a th- lesson in there about always be on time I think it's uh, the manager's responsibility To get his players out of the dressing room gone Because he is basically in charge in that dressing room So he has to get his players out in time I.e. that's why obviously the fingers have been pointed at Neil Lennon, it's not because he wanted to hold the game up He wasn't trying any tactics It may just be something Players are sometimes I've been in a changing room And the referees chapped the door so many times Fortunately then, back in those days You didn't get fined But you would have to basically throw players out of the dressing room At some time You know, tying the boots You know what like it is And it's happened to Celtic And it's money just now That they could do without paying Gordon But I know they've got, what, 90 days to pay it but still, it's fines that they should not be paying. Uh, and just in case you've forgotten how um, pernickety UEFA can be, Celtic have also been warned, Roger, because someone had an oversized manufacturer identification on their hat. 
Yes, and they are very pernickety. If you remember many years ago, Nicholas Bedner, remember him, the former Arsenal in Denmark striker, he was fined for having a sponsor's name appear on the elastic of his boxer shorts beneath his shorts. So if you can be fined for that, I think you can be fined for oversized sponsors or manufacturers' logos on hats. But um, if there's one thing UEFA do well, it's being pernickety. Is it fair to lash out at UEFA and say these are unprecedented times and, and money's short everywhere and could you not just have waived these fines for now? Or is it ultimately the rules were broken and, and the fines need to be paid? What would you subscribe to, Roger? Yeah, listen, it, it's the rules are broken and the fines will need to be paid. I've got great sympathy for Neil Lennon and Celtic especially. Um, if you, you know, UEFA are very strict. They want all these games to kick off either 5.55 or 8 o'clock. Um, they're all beamed live on television throughout the continent and they love this notion that all games will kick off simultaneously and all games will finish. They can't all finish simultaneously. There's different you know, injury time at the end of either half, but as close as possible to all finishing at the same time as well. And if it kicks off a couple of minutes late, then everything's knocked back. They don't like it. To me, it is far too pernickety. And I've got a degree of sympathy when Neil Lennon is trying to get a team talk done, he's trying to get his team sorted. The last thing he's thinking about is a UEFA fine for being a minute and a half late. I've got to say, Gordon, I sort of disagree with Roger a little bit. I know they're strict and I know there's rules there, but this is different times. I think uh, UEFA could have held out and said, right, OK, we'll readdress this whenever football starts again. And um, I think that was that should have been the sensible approach to it. Uh, Brian is in Greenock Brian we've been looking for these recommendations About your your uh, favourite football books and films And documentaries and all the rest of it To give us a football fix at the moment What would you go for? Yes I would go for A Shot at Glory Go on then why? Sell it to me Well um, Feel good factor um, Be my, my son were in town I picked out DVD And made him watch it Um he didn't really know what was going on because obviously he didn't know the players. It's, the players like Addy Smith, you know, Fairman, um, Henderson, um, and there's Oscars also. I mean, I, I, it's time to come clean. I, I've never seen it all. Oh, you're joking. I've never seen it all. No. Oh, Rocky. Rocky's man of match. And maybe I'll take, maybe Brian's giving me the kick up the backside I need. Yeah, it's that long since I've actually watched it. It could be a good shout to sit down and watch it again. It's a terrific film. Really has some great, great skills and some great actors in there, I've got to say. Roger? Well, any film that has got Robert Duval and also Big Andy Smith in it must be worth a watch, Gordon. It's many, many years since I saw it. I think I saw it just not long after it came out and I haven't seen it since. But <laughs> I just realised right, Gordon got mixed up, didn't he? He's talking about Rocky and I wondered for a second <laughs> and then it clicked. But you're, on, you're on the wrong side. Is this McCoyst and yes. uh, John McVeigh? Yeah, oh, yep, John McVeigh, Robert Duval, Andy Smith, John Martin. <laughs> People must have been going Rocky Because yeah. I thought Rocky Was a nickname you had For one of the players That was in it And I just uh, wasn't I'm aware Of the nickname the prison camp one yeah, Rocky and all these boys No that's escaped to victory <laughs> You're thinking about Sylvester Stallone Kelly, oh, yeah. Bobby Moore Osvaldo Ardelius Michael Caine Roger I wasn't far off When you, you compare that To Big Andy Smith And people like that yeah? <laughs> Listen I'm sure In your managerial career You had worse goalkeepers Than Sylvester Stallone Oh, Rocky was good, I've got to say Brian, did your youngster like it in the end? I know he didn't know some of the guys, did he like it though? 
It did, yeah, um, because he comes to Caplo with me, so oh, he kind of understood the surroundings <laughs> of the movie. That's it. You've you've given you've given me the kick up the backside I needed. I should have I should have watched it all by now. Really, I've not seen it, and I haven't. And I'm going to do it. Yeah. You're going to do it as well, yeah, right? I'm doing Brian it. and Greenock, thank you very much. We'll take more of your suggestions after the travel with Stephen. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL is here, Roger Hanna's in his living room, and they're waiting to hear from you on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Couple of headlines doing the rounds today. The Scottish FA and SPFL have started the process of taking wage cuts and, and deferrals and such like as the coronavirus impact continues to hit our game. Rangers and Celtic have both been fined by UEFA for recent rule breaches. We are also asking you, just for a bit of fun, for your football fix recommendations. We're missing it at the moment, so which books, films, TV shows, documentaries should we be turning to to get the football fix and some brilliant ones coming in on Twitter, I must admit. Uh, Bunbeg Brian says, Back from the Brink, Paul McGrath, an awesome read. Uh, it says, Brian Bazzi, and I like this one, I must say. Mm. Bazzi's gone the damn United. Damn United oh, oh that's a very good one Yeah Leeds United He says acting great. performance From Michael Sheen As the legend Cluffy Cluffy yeah How good is he in that Michael brilliant. Sheen Absolutely <laughs> brilliant uh, Cluffy's autobiography Walking on Water Is a great read as well Some strong suggestions Roger We're, we're, we're on a bit of a roll here Yeah the Damn United Terrific A terrific book as well um, by David Peace, which was dramatised into a Michael Sheen movie. Um, the, the, I mentioned the other cloth book, the one that Duncan Hamilton did with him, provided your own kiss me. Um, if you're looking for a movie, the Forest movie, I believe in miracles, is absolutely terrific. Not too long, it's about an hour and a half long, and it's about from the moment Clough, who had left Leeds via, went to Forest via Brighton, I think it was, took Forest from the middle of the old second division to be back-to-back European champions with the likes of John Robertson, John McGovern, Kenny Burns, uh, Trevor Francis, all through the team. It's a fantastic, fantastic movie. Strong suggestions. What's Bob and Pollock got for us? What are you adding to this list, Bob? Hi. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, autobiographies. Uh-huh. And at Christmas, I got a book. Uh, it's called The Three Kings. And it's a, it's like say, it's about uh, Bill Shangley, uh, Bill Shangley, uh, Jock Steen, and I can't remember the other one, Shangley uh, Steen and Matt Busby. It's a, it's like three autobiographies in one, and it's all connected because they came from a thirty mile radius, and uh, we did quite the history of the, we did quite now connected with the, the mining villages. Right. About that area, and it's an an excellent read. So, it's, and I think I think a lot of people would be interested in it. I like the sound of that, Roger Hanna. Yeah, a very good book. Um, after Bill Shankly, if you remember at Liverpool, Bob Paisley took charge in the mid seventies, and then through this incredible run, I think of four or three. Well, he's in chance for the first, well, maybe in chance for all four European cups. Um, and one of the last autobiographies I actually read, Bob, was Bob Paisley's autobiography called Quiet Genius about what they describe as Britain's greatest football manager. I think it was written by Ian Herbert, the sort of uh, well-known football journalist from down south. So if, if you finish The Three Kings, head for quite genius. That'll be right up your street. Hannah, you... Hannah, can I ask you a question? Do you ever work? Yes. You've, you've watched every book. <laughs> uh, sorry, you've watched every movie. You've read every book. And now you're promoting more books. What yeah, is yeah, it the you Bob do? The book was a good one. It's a labour of love. Ah. Oh. 
Um, Bob, sorry, on you go. I know you were trying to speak there, Rogers in his living room, so it makes two people talking at one time a little bit more difficult. This is unusual because it's really quite now. Well, what's between the three of them, the three guys, and the connection between the mining villages and the 30 mile radius? And it's so it's a pure biographies into one, and how they really quite how they made their mark in British football, like they winning the European Cup, and how that it's a, it's a really, really good book. So. And uh, what I would say is, you can't go, I don't think you'd be able to get it in a bookshop. I think you've got to go online and buy it because I got it through uh, Celtic Fanzine magazine, uh, the alternative view. Every month in that, they have a, a book review. And that was what they called one of the books I've seen just before Christmas. And one of my family decided to get it. I mentioned that one of the family got it for Christmas. And it's an excellent read, especially if you enjoy autobiographies. I like it That's a good suggestion Bob All good suggestions so far That that sounds right up your street Gordon I, I like that I, I would certainly um, go for that You could I, go four kings with Fergie in there but I, I am, wonder if Ferguson is in there I am wondering though If when we're talking about You know football documentaries And, and programmes Films You need to take some dramas I'm wondering if you were more of a Footballer's wives Type of guy No Gordon, I never no? watched No No I had enough of them But I never mo- <laughs> made my own programme three series of that <laughs> In his own Gordon <laughs> <laughs> and on a similar theme That's how I didn't have time to read books A bit, bit more football action And perhaps in this one Soccer scene says Dream Team That was on Sky 1 Donkeys back Oh I watched that a before, watch. yeah, oh, I watched that, The yeah. thought of going back and watching it No, no, I, no I don't no. think so I like this as well Because You're completely allowed to do this A history of Scottish football In a hundred objects Has tweeted in to say I recommend A history of Scottish football In a hundred objects By Andy Bowen mm-hmm. He says Super Scoreboard is even mentioned in it There we go So I don't mind that You can get some free plugs During these difficult times uh, No problem with that whatsoever uh, Let's take a quick look at um, Just so many coming in on, on Twitter I was just kind of skimming through them uh, Mean Machine Vinnie Jones yeah, Says Gary yeah, Brown That's a good laugh bad. Yeah Okay um, Well if you're doing that Gordon I'll give you another book That I did A year or two back Was actually the Crazy Gang book Which Dave Bassett did With Wally Downs And it was from the very start when Dave Bassett first went to Wimbledon when they were away down the league and it was about assembling that team, Vinnie Jones, John Fashionu, all the guys who then went on to the, the, the old first division in England and of course beat Liverpool in the FA Cup final in 88 at Wembley to deny Kenny Dalglish the double. And you wonder why he's so good at beat the pundit. Yeah, I've, I've played against the crazy gang and I've got to say um, we were obviously in the changing room right next to them and the noise was incredible and as we walked out to go and do a warm-up their dressing room door opened they were all standing dancing and singing and they must have thought this is this is an easy game this afternoon Uh, as you well know during these desperate times with no football we have been taking various trips down memory lane we've been running our on this day feature sometimes we do it at the start and it gives us the ammunition gives us the springboard to go on and have a real long discussion with you guys uh, relating to an event that happened on this day That hasn't quite been the format of tonight's show So let's take a quick look back At some of our most memorable incidents from this day uh, Hugh Keevans isn't here Roger So you're going to have to take up the mantle on this day 1928 um, Would that be the Wembley Wizards? It was the original Wembley Wizards Scotland beating England 5-1 at Wembley and dubbed the Wembley Wizards 1928 Alec James and Alan Morton Some of those gentlemen uh, Alec Jackson, Alec James Yes, various um, goal scoring exploits between them uh, We're in sort of League Cup final territory at the moment Gordon 
I'm not sure if this is your era Go on 1979 League Cup final Oh no I just Today uh, I was 80 81 my first one Rangers beat Aberdeen 2-1 Thanks to an injury time winner From Colin Jackson Colin Jackson Centre half Terrific player Colin Great defender Lovely yeah. man Bit before your time um, I played with him I mean the, the game In terms of uh, yeah, I, you say, just I after, signed yeah. the following year Yeah. Uh, unlikely goal scorers Remember Andy Considine's Hat-trick for Aberdeen Dundee. Against Dundee 7-0 That was on this day 2017 and Roger, do you just long for this type of drama? Celtic and Rangers met this day last year. It was at Celtic Park. Celtic won 2-1. James Forrest got the late winner. And if you remember, Alfredo Morelos was sent off for elbowing Scott Brown. Andy Halliday sent off after full time. And the fallout lasted about six months. It certainly did. And I'll throw another one at you, Gordon. On this day, 21 years ago, the Tartan Army turned on Gary McAllister at Celtic Park. Scotland won Czech Republic 2. It was Scotland's first competitive home defeat in 12 years and Gary McAllister 57 caps three major finals a fourth if you include him going to France 98 to help the team when at the time when he was recovering for cruciate surgery never played for Scotland again there we go on that happy cheery note we'll leave it there it's time for Beat the Pundit which one of the pundits will we be turning on next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors compensation you deserve when there's been foul play talk to thompsons.com Roger Hanna is still with us from his living room Gordon DL is here as well and you can get in touch on the usual number 01419511025 at Clyde SSB on Twitter we kicked off looking at the news of wage cuts at the Scottish FA and SPFL this afternoon Fines from UEFA for Celtic and Rangers And just for a bit of fun We've been asking you For your football fix recommendations Which books, movies, documentaries Should we be looking to check out And fill that void that's been left uh, In the absence of live sport at the moment We're about to speak to Hibs boss Jack Ross He's going to join us on the phone uh, Looking forward to catching up with him And everything that's been going on at Hibs at the moment But first of all Let's do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. It is Beat the Pundit time. Darren in Straven is on the line. How are you, Darren? Uh, how you doing, anyway? Yeah, good, Darren. Are you feeling confident? I can't tell the night. Canter, he says. He must know that he must know that he's playing you. Well, he's definitely playing me because Roger would cheat. <laughs> I don't. Tr- I don't Google trust it. the technology. I don't, I don't. I don't like that wee delay that Roger's got from his living room. So I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna make you step up to the plate if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, fine, fine. Good. All right. So I'll give you some Clyde two to listen to. Yep, he's giving me the thumbs up, Darren. It's just you and I. Thirty seconds on the clock. You're up against Gordon, and you can pass. That's all you need to know. You ready? Uh, oh, good. Good man. Your time starts now. Who was the Aberdeen manager before Derek McInnes? Uh, Craig Brown Who scored a hat-trick in the 96 Scottish Cup final for Rangers? Alan McGoist Which side won Scottish League 1 last season? Uh, Alwa Which Portuguese team play their home games at the Estadio de Luz? Benfica What nationality is Mullerwell defender Bevis Mugabe? Uh, Nigerian Which team were crowned English Premier League champions in 2012? Uh, Manchester United Okay, let's see if we can bring Gordon back Gordon, have you got us? Yeah, I got you Great, same set of questions to you Okay And your time starts now Who was Aberdeen manager before Derek McInnes? Um, Mark McGee Who scored a hat-trick in the 96 Scottish Cup final for Rangers? McCoy's Which side won Scottish League One last season? Um, a broth Which Portuguese team played their home games at the Estadio de Luz? 
Benfica, I don't know. What nationality is Motherwell's Bevis Mugabe? Uh, Argentina. Which team were crowned English Premier League champions in 2012? Um, Manchester United. Okay, okay. <laughs> Did I say Argentina there? <laughs> Darren, you've heard the competition. What do you make of it? I cannot believe it. I think it was a low-scoring game. A low-scoring game. Uh, let's find out just how low-scoring it was. Confident shall we? Uh, right, OK, let's... <laughs> <laughs> Who was the Aberdeen manager before Derek McInnes? It was Craig Brown. Oh! Uh, so Darren gets it. He goes to a 1-0 oh. lead. Who scored a hat-trick in the 96 Scottish Cup final for Rangers? Roger? Gordon Jury. It was Gordon Jury. Brian Loudrop got the other two. Oh, this is going to be. T- I think we covered it off last night. Five one one again. Which side won Scottish League One last season? It was our broth. Gordon oh, Deal equalises. I thought you were going to get a zero. I must admit. Uh, oh, which, which Portuguese team play their home games at the Estadio de Luz? It's Benfica. You both got that two all. Uh, what nationality is Motherwell defender Bevis <laughs> Mugabe He is not Argentinian He's also not Nigerian He's from Uganda That's what I meant to say Yeah close So none of you got it right What's the next one? Which team were crowned English Premier League champions in 2012? You both went for Man United This is a tiebreak What if I said to you Aguero With loads of O's nah, at the end That was in 2012 Yes it was No chance mm-hmm. Seriously Gary Neville Seriously That's when he he yeah. was the commentator with the yeah, Martin oh, Tyler, I think was it would have been yeah. the lead commentator, Roger. Scored but that was twenty twelve. Yep. Nah, I'm checking that. <laughs> Check it all you want. It's twenty twelve, uh, which means it's a tiebreaker. It's a tiebreaker. So Darren, I'm going to read Hold out. Hold on, I've not got a bit of paper. Oh, I have, 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 have. have you got a pen? Fine. Yeah, yeah. Right, Darren, I'm going to read out the question. I will in. Get Gordon Dale to hold up his answer, and I'll then invite you to give me your attempt. Okay. No good at this. Yep. Right. The question is this. Dundee United are top of the championship at the moment Yeah What's their goal difference? <sighs> Write it down Gordon please Show me your bit of paper Hold on That's, a, that's right on the money Is it? Right uh, Darren what's your attempt? Uh, 42 Darren's gone 42 Gordon's gone 36 And the answer I hate to say is 30 He's closer than you Darren oh! So the sign ball stays here Hard lines Darren Unlucky Darren Good man That was Darren and Straven And I like it You're being a bit more gracious In this one You you can't go over the top When it's a tie break Do you know something I've sort of uh, switched off From beat the pundit For some reason I'm I'm not in the ball Alright okay Sorry to be such an inconvenience To you at the moment It's another victory for me Uh, And I'm sure If whoever plays me on Thursday I'll get get another victory as well So Darren was come on full of confidence, but uh, you I sent him on his home. way sent back him, to Straven. Yeah, sent him home to think again. Argentina because you you lost last week, didn't you? So I've lost one this year. I think two, two. Yeah, two this year. Mm-hmm. That's not bad going, Gordon, for someone that plays ninety percent of the time. Because Hannah's hiding in the the, the living room. room. Yeah, as much as he's telling everybody <laughs> how he's googling everything that's going on, he sounds really intelligent there. But get him in here, and he struggles. Roger, how are you evaluating his performance from a distance? Well, listen, uh, I'm sorry, I was slightly distracted there because my, my phone always melted with about 10 or 12 or 14 texts at the same time, all of which said, Argentina! <laughs> I, I really don't know why I said Argentina. Uganda's close to Argentina. I, but, but it's, it's not, not even, by the way, before I, you repeat that to I someone. I never even thought the boy was from Argentina. I don't know why okay. Argentina came out the mouth. 
Okay. Don't cry for me, Gordon. Ah, uh, exactly. But it was a victory, Rog. Right, 01419511025 to get in touch at Clyde SSB on Twitter. And I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line now by Hibs manager Jack Ross. Jack, how are you? Thank you very much for joining us. Well, Gordon, yeah. Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, it's just Gordon and I in, in the studio at the moment, so that that brings its own challenges, but we're fine. Uh, we're getting by. Well, I just wonder what life has been like for, for you, Jack. We've spoken to a few uh, Premiership players over the last couple of weeks and tried to get a handle on, on what it's been like. What about from a management perspective? Um, probably um, similar. Um, very unusual circumstances, obviously circumstances um I've accelerated quite quickly as well. Um, you know, from the from the initial postponement, uh, it was our match against St Johnston a couple of weeks ago, and of course, then you try and plan. Um, at that point, we thought perhaps only for a week to ten days, then we back to action, and then of course the season got put back again to the end of April, and of course, as the situations became more serious, we don't really have that definitive return to train at the moment. So, um, very unusual circumstances. I don't think that any of us involved. Um, in every society but uh, in football have experienced anything like this so it's just very much a case of um, making the best of it at the moment um, and and we'll adapt when, when the necessary information obviously comes our way whenever that may be what, what level of communication have you had with your players during this time is it something you try to do regular or is it just on a, a sort of need to know basis if you like um, yeah we've got various platforms we've got a, a kind of cumulative club chat that was set up in, in the aftermath of the initial postponement of the St Johnson game players like most other teams have their own chat anyway and that allows us to put information on um, we've had um, a couple of conference calls with them um, and then I've contacted them all individually as well so it's just trying to make sure that you um, you retain that communication with them it's, it's slightly strange because ordinarily if it was through for example a close season period you wouldn't have that much contact with your players um, you're quite glad to obviously not see them for a period so these are obviously very unusual circumstances and the fact that people are um, you know, very much understanding those and, and, and not do very much means it's probably that important to stay in regular communication with them and people at the club is vital I see all these players getting on, uh, getting put on these fitness plans and getting made sure they have to keep themselves ticking over is there any such uh, plan in place for management or do you guys get to just sit back and relax? <laughs> um, probably it's probably allowed me to do more exercise in the last fortnight than I had done in the previous six months, um, which is good. I've always enjoyed that post playing, but um, I've found that every year that's been passing management, my time gets less and less to do it. So yeah, it's allowed me a little bit more time than normal. But um, I don't think I work as hard as the players there. I said I don't think I'm able to work as hard as the players now. <laughs> On a more serious note, you know that that's there for a purpose. That's to keep players ticking over for such times. You know when the football returns, if and when it returns, what what can a manager do during this period? Because I, you know I, I still see you know this team is interested in this player for next season, and all of that seems a little bit un- uncertain at the moment because teams don't know how much money they've got, what divisions they're going to be playing in, when the season will be finished, if it will be finished. Can you do any sort of forward planning at all? Um. Probably not as much as you would do normally, Gordon. I think that even mentally, I think to immerse yourself properly in it um, is difficult. But and also, um, to be honest, the priority for me at the moment is, is my current squad and my current squad of players um, and, and their welfare. And then obviously how we continue to move forward in the, in the most positive ways. A football club at the time with the turn to action as well. So, as I said, really unusual circumstances that way. I think the um, you know majority is that group I've got at the moment. 
Um, and if and if we returned to football and that was the group I had and that's what I went forward with and I'd be more than happy with that. Um because I think as I said the the protection of the players and then also the I think clubs in general. I said this in another piece during the week that I think now the important thing is when we do eventually return at some point, hopefully that we have the forty two professional clubs as they are at the moment to return to. Um, and I don't think that's Jack, dramatic to say that because I think it's a difficult situation. Roger, how are you? I'm not bad at all. Just going to say, you know, you obviously made changes in January. You, you know, there's always a lot of turnover of, of players in, in the close season. Do you think because of circumstances there will be less of a turnover, fewer transfers through through this, these summer months because of the uncertainty and the players at whatever clubs, you know, there'll be players at clubs taking wage cuts, taking wage deferrals. There'll be different contractual things moving about. Do you think there's, there's going to be a new loyalty between clubs and players that will see? fewer transfers and if players are willing at whatever club you know to take cuts or deferrals then you know the, the clubs may feel obliged to keep them on again next season maybe even extend contracts and there's now a there's more of a, a you know a practical approach I think a pragmatic approach and players everywhere like, like all of us in the country are, are seeing the reality of the situation and you know they're, they're willing to to do things and you know help the situation now and maybe they'll be helped going forward. Um, possibly, Roger. It's an interesting point because I think that um, I suppose if you look historically at, at, um, at occasions that have shifted the dynamics of football, if you like, and how long players stay at the club, and the biggest one was obviously the Bosman ruling that impacted greatly upon how long players ended up staying at clubs and how frequently they moved. And um, I think we have we have um, shifted the football world where the transition of players and the want to change players is is, um, is huge. And I think on that you know on that point, I don't think it's always the players that necessarily want to move. I think that often there's a um, desire for fans to change squads regularly as well. And it may be as a, a readjustment uh, of people's um, priorities on the back of this. And equally, I'd imagine there's some sort of slowdown um, in terms of economics of football as well on the back of it. And I was reading today, uh, Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson among your players who are out in Edinburgh delivering food parcels to to the elderly, to the needy, to the underprivileged. It's incredible what you know the, the players will do to help out at times like this. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that people that come across, and you're obviously fully forcing your line a lot, Roger, that you come across a lot of players and, and managers and coaches, and sometimes the perception of them is very different to the reality. They're, they're pretty much normal guys um, with good values as well, and, and I'm just saying this for effect. I've been very lucky since I came into the job at Hibs of the gesture that I inherited um, the types of people that were within that group. And that doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, as a club, we've done similar um, initiatives to other clubs in, in terms of players. We've spent a lot of time phoning, seeing tight holders that have renewed. Um, young supporters who are having birthdays at the moment. Um, sponsors, um, commercial partners of the club. Um, elderly supporters that might just need a phone call so there's been a lot of work that players have, have done behind the scenes that, that doesn't surprise me and I know it's been repeated at other clubs up and down the country as well Jack, it's Daz here, how are you mate? I'm good Gordon, you? Ah, fine, I just had a great result there and beat the pundits so you probably that heard does not, does not surprise me <laughs> Exactly, exactly, never lose but Jack, it's been a few weeks now obviously since the football and we're all missing it now if this goes another couple of months, say, for instance, and we do, for some miracle, try and get this league finished. As a manager now with the sports science and everything, how long is it going to take to go up to speed? How long as a manager would you say to the league, look, I need X, Y and Z here because 
obviously it's important that you've got to look after the safety of the players and the injuries and everything. How long is it nowadays in the modern day game? Well, I think the, I think the, the, the period of inactivity will determine that to some extent, Gordon. But obviously, the longer we go into this, we'll, we'll come into a period where an extra week will not here or there won't make much difference. Because I think once you go beyond a certain point, um, then it probably comes akin to the close season that I mentioned earlier. And, and traditionally, traditionally pre-seasons were always around about a six-week period. Mm-hmm. Again, that's probably shortened a little bit in recent times because of the length of some seasons. Um, you know, I had one recently at Sunderland that was just under five weeks just because of the the, the playoffs except involvement in them. So I think that I think to go into playing competitive football again without probably the very bare minimum of at least four weeks would be would be challenging. Just depending again, depending on how long players are an inactive for. Um again it may be that um they're forced to go back to it sooner. If they are then I think they'd be able to. It would just probably um, means there's more tired bodies out there I'm sure than normal and it might affect the pace of the game but equally what I would say is I think the general fitness levels as well as athletes is, is very good to be around as well And I was just going to ask you we had a caller on earlier on asking how we thought the season might be finished or how it might be restarted and, and that dreaded word reconstruction came up um, there's been talk of a potential of Dundee United and Inverness coming up and no relegation and, and that being mimicked down the leagues. What would your own take be on a 14-team top flight and the challenges that would bring to a club like Hibs? Yeah, I'm, I must admit, Roger, I've not, I actually don't have a strong opinion on, on what could happen either way, just simply because I think the circumstances we found ourselves in have been so unprecedented and the impact upon people's lives in general and other, and other workforces are, are huge and I think just probably emphasising the point I made earlier I think that being able to return and having all the professional clubs in existence is probably the priority at the moment um, whatever it would be would be I think in terms of that I just and like as you mentioned there about you know missing football involved in a long time professionally now and, um, and prior to that as a fan and um, I think the want is just to return to football and whatever format that takes then I think we're going to just have to deal with it. We're going to probably be unhappy people along the way, but as I said, given the circumstances that we're currently living, then then hopefully we'd be able to push that to one side. But maybe easy for me to say when we're sitting in a position in the, in the table that, that probably isn't impacted too much upon what decisions might be made. Yeah, and just before we let you go, Jack, we've been asking for people's suggestions tonight to give us a football fix, and I'm putting you a bit in the spot here. We're asking them for books, films. Documentaries, whatever it is, football related, to give us the fix. What, what would you suggest? Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, I'm not going to suggest watching Sunderland till I die. So start this start tomorrow because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know how that ends. Um, so um, yeah, look, and obviously people should watch it because the, the people that they make that program, people watch the first one, they're very good at what they do. Uh, the production company, and I'm sure people will watch it. Um, Beyond that, if people are looking for reading material, um, there's a book called Football 2.0, um, which is um, which is worth a read. It's um, it's got chapters in it from from people within different positions in the game. So, well, I've got some Manuel Nauer as a goalkeeper, Chikorito um, as a striker, Christian Zork who's sporting director, Bush Dortmund. Quite an interesting book um, if you're into football and you're looking for a bit more in-depth stuff. I think um, Football 2.0 is is, is worth a read. You just flagged up a memory I think one of the last times we spoke to you on the show I can't remember if it was in the studio 
Or on the phone Was around that That time When you know When you had just had the cameras Shoved in your face Every two minutes What, what was that like actually And On a Serious note will, will you Go out your way to avoid it Will you check in on it And, and see how the fight The finished product turned out Um yeah, look, it was what it was. Um, uh, you know, um, I read a comment, I think, from somebody involved in it the other day. It said that if we had won the check days final, won the playoff final, no doubt they complained about the cameras being there. But um, I was consistent from from the first day about preference and not to be there. But um, it was part of the, you know, the club's decision to do so. It was okay. The people that were involved in, in the production of the programme were good people, um, respectful. But it is different, I think, that... Um, in Andy's line of work, if they if they had cameras omnipresent, there's a different dynamic to it. But look, it was it was okay. It wasn't a it wasn't a factor in us um, ultimately losing those two games at Wembley. Um, very different, um, kind of unique experience. And in, in terms of watching it, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I will. Um, I'm sure I will. I think curiosity will probably um, get the better of me in that respect, and I will. And, but there was some. There was a lot of good times within that season as well. So um, yeah, so there'll be. I think there'll be times I can reminisce probably on as well. Yeah, it's easy to say you won't watch it in week two of lockdown, but come week six or seven, if we get there, you might. You might be desperate times. Jack, thank you so much for taking the time. Take care, and hopefully we'll speak no to problem. you under better circumstances soon. Cheers, guys. Take care. Cheers, good man. man. That was Jack Ross, Hibs manager on the line. Gordon Dale is in the studio. Roger Hannah's in his living room. We're just bringing everyone yeah, together, together from across the country. Here's something I don't think we've ever done before. We're making history On Clyde One Super Scoreboard tonight Roger Hanna On your full time teaser We're only looking for two answers Oh Wow Yeah wow Oh you've intrigued me now Gordon I've yeah. got a backup you can see me I'm, I'm actually sitting up in the big chair now <laughs> I've got a backup Because this could obviously backfire You might get them both within two minutes So I've got a backup But we've got two names I'm looking for And I'll read you the question next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna's in his living room. Gordon Deal is in the studio. And they are going to have to team up for a first. A Clyde One Super Scoreboard first. We always do the full time teaser around this time on the show. That's when you send the questions into us and we give the pundits the last 30 minutes or so to come up with the answers. Now, the options vary Sometimes we're looking for 6 answers 10, 12 Maybe 12 is about the max We would look for I think in a usual question We're only going for 2 tonight mm-hmm. This could backfire spectacularly If you get them all Within the first 2 minutes But luckily I have a, a, a backup, backup question okay. Should that happen So Martin Burns Has sent the question in tonight Roger And I'm going to again Ask you to take an oath That there will be no cheating from home No texting No googling Absolutely No cheating whatsoever Mm, sounds mm. sounds sincere. Um, Martin says, "Which two players have played in an Edinburgh derby, mm-hmm. an Old Firm derby, mm-hmm. and a Tyne Weir derby, and a Steel City derby?" Tyne and Steel. So Newcastle, Sunderland, Sheffield United, Chef Wednesday, Celtic Rangers, Hearts, Hibs. Wow, that's a very good one. Two players have played in an Edinburgh derby, an Old Firm derby. A time weird derby Newcastle Sunderland Sunderland Newcastle And a Steel City derby Sheffield United Sheffield Wednesday Two players Two players Whoa I'll need to get thinking now That's an absolute belter Newcastle Sunderland I like that So you're telling me That it's not going to backfire You're not about to just Spit both names at me Right I like that That's a let off Gordon DL You you still getting to grips With the question (laughs) I'm still reading the question John I'll be with you about 5 to 8 Don't worry about it Right okay 
Right, that's me. I've got the question. Unfortunately, I've not got the answer, but I've got the question. Right, just a couple of things to remind you. If you want to hear your question used on the show, just like Martin's has been, the address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com. It doesn't need to be two answers. It can be however many you like, up to about 12. And if not, I can sure I'll find a way to trim it down. So anything you've got, send it over fulltime at Clyde1.com. And if you want to play along, uh, you can send your answers at Clyde SSB. My only fear about this is I wondered if it was one of those where people just knew the as in had heard the question before and automatically knew the answer. But luckily you definitely don't. I have no idea. And uh, Roger Hanna sounds like he's not too sure either. Encouraging stuff. Mm. Uh right, we're going over some of the headlines uh, from today. We're also asking you for your football book, film, documentary. Uh, recommendations We were coincidentally joined By one of the stars Of Sunderland's Documentary Which will start tomorrow I must admit I kind of forgot Roger Even though we mentioned it Earlier on in the show I forgot That, that Jack Ross would be um, Perhaps watching it Perhaps avoiding it When that hits the screens tomorrow Yeah and, uh, Listen I'm thoroughly looking forward to it Unfortunately for Jack It, it didn't have the happy ending You know They, they did lose The final to Portsmouth At Wembley They lost uh, The promotion playoff Final as well To come up It could have had a, a spectacularly happy ending but you know if you look at Jack's record at Sunderland in terms of games played and games won I think he could you know hold it up to scrutiny quite happily um, they're a club that has been through the mill for the last 10 years or so um, Jack's successor Phil Parkinson is finding it even harder to get them up the table than Jack did last season I think if the season was to finish tomorrow they wouldn't even be in the promotion playoff places at the minute Sunderland so um, it's a sleeping giant um, It's a side who Not only should be playing in the championship Let's be fair They're big enough to be playing in the Premiership You know when, when Alec Ray was there Did they finish 7th in the Premiership Back to back seasons Under Peter Reid That's the kind of level That Sunderland should be aspiring to And you know Jack Very very unfortunate Not to get them up last time Yeah we've been asking for your recommendations anyway On what to watch or read To fill this football void that we've got at the moment And Gordon you are going to have to write this one down Because there's a lot of love out there For the English game You know we mentioned it earlier on Yeah I've got it down yeah Hags is another one who's suggesting it There's all sorts of backup coming in from Hugh And Frazzle and Jay Loads of people getting in touch to recommend that So I think you might have to Where where, um, where am I going with this Netflix? I think so I think that's what it was Yeah Um in terms of films, Scott McFarlane's gone when Saturday comes. Remember that, Roger? Sean Bean, local lad, makes good at Sheffield United after beating the booze. He's even given us a short uh, film review as well. Well, if he was at Sheffield United, is he one of the answers to the full-time teaser? <laughs> did Sean Bean play in an old firm game in Edinburgh Derby and a time wheel derby? Not? He did not. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, Barry Mick is on as well. He's gone the ten football matches that changed the world. Uh, Jim Murphy, he says. So great suggestions coming in. Keep Robert is in Mary Hill. He's a Partick Thistle fan. I wonder if that's going to be reflected in your recommendation, Robert. Or are you are you going outside the box? Oh no, there's a good wee documentary on YouTube. It's called Grasping the Thistle. It's all about when. Thistle had their hard times and won promotion back in 2002, back to the Premiership. It's a good documentary and well worth watching, by the way. Ah, grasping the Thistle. I didn't know that was a thing, Roger. Was that is that common knowledge? Are you aware of this piece of work? Not at all. No, that, that, that's a new one to me. It sounds great. I actually wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, that maybe, is it on YouTube, do you think? Yes. There we go. I'll have a look at that. What I like you? the sound of that. I can't believe I've missed that through the years. What, yeah. are, your, what are your memories of of that time, Robert? Uh, 
Well, to be honest, um, nothing really great comes with I was just off about like, 12 back then, but, you know, just remember having the great John Lambie as manager and, you know, witnessing Thistle getting promoted back to the Premiership and having some good, you know, away days back then, so... Oh, you can't be a good away day. Uh, but, that, Roger, to, to sort of draw... I don't know if you can actually draw any parallels with the current climate because this is like nothing we've ever seen before. But that is the—that's the you know a lot of our clubs have had difficulties and, and hardships in the past, and, and that just adds to the sort of hope that we don't have to have a, a repeat of those types of things. Yeah, and you look, and we've focused a lot in the show on the likes of the Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, Celtic Rangers. It's clubs, you know, from Partick Thistle down, if you like. This is hurting in a minute, and you just look around and see the the sheer generosity of supporters at times like this. I think Thistle fans have raised certainly into the tens of thousands of pounds to help the club out. Wraith Rovers doing likewise, other League One teams down into League Two. You see the, the fundraising efforts at the likes of Stirling Albion, Albion Rovers. And, uh, you know, it's it's supporters who perhaps, you know, can't really afford the money and yet are still handing the money over to try and keep their clubs alive. So many of these clubs, Championship, League One, League Two, they are the lifeblood of their community. And it would be dreadful for the communities, not just for the supporters, for the entire communities, if any of these clubs weren't to emerge after this coronavirus crisis. And Jack Ross is correct when he said in the show earlier on, the priority for Scottish football at the minute, Gordon, must be to protect, to preserve, to keep alive these 42 senior clubs. Good suggestion, Robert. I like that. Roger Hannah certainly adding it to his list. I'll do the same. That was Robert and Mary Hill. 01419511025. Now, I don't expect you to have any of the answers yet, but maybe... Just think out loud what, what sort of names even Simon if... Donnelly one? No No Um Beatty wasn't the one Was he correct? Who? Beatty mm, No Come on Roger Help me out here Couple of thought. Darren Jackson didn't play in a Stead mm. Sheffield derby did he? No he's not one Darren Jackson mm. Are there any that, Any that you think Newcastle. are close And then you, you've sort of Eliminated them yourself well, what, again, similar Newcastle, Hibs, Celtic Gary Caldwell was never on loan at one of the Sheffield teams, was he? No, no, Career I can see your thinking there Yeah, I can see your thinking mm. I think what you'll no. need to tell us By the end here, by the way things are going What team played for? Um, like, if, did they play with Celtic? Did they play with Hearts? And Newcastle, Sheffield Wednesday? Or, you know, to give us a wee bit of an insight This is very hard Nah, I've got faith in you that you'll you'll get one of them. I will do that if if we need to. Hearts, Hibs, Newcastle, Sunderland, Sunderland. Yeah, if if we need to. Um, yep. Yeah, okay. I'm not telling you yet what's happening on on Twitter because I think that that might. Right. Because yeah, I know what Roger's like. He'll look on Twitter. No, Roger won't. He's he's quick enough to do that. You, on the other hand, I'm not on Twitter, so how can I look on it? Kyle Lafferty. No. No, Kyle Lafferty can't. No, didn't go to Sheffield, did he? No, but again, he's probably done the other three, so you're getting you're getting closer. You're getting closer. Uh, you will have known over the last couple of weeks, if you've been listening, that we always like to try and, and shine light on some of the good things that football clubs are doing or footballers are doing during these difficult times. Uh, pleased to say, I've got another cracker for you this evening, Stephen Doby. I don't know if you've heard about this, Gordon. Go More famous for scoring goals, um, but along with his two sons, they are shaving their heads to raise money for the NHS. I mean, really? I, I've seen a lot of people doing this. 
Not to raise money It's just like one of those bo- Have you noticed that People think this is a good time To shave their head Because yeah. they're stuck in the house Well anyway, was talking about it last week He was uh, But Stephen Dobie and his boys Are doing it to raise money For the NHS The ultimate cause really At the moment They've already smashed a target Of over a £1,000 He says he's extremely grateful To those that are helping the cause Yeah so what we're doing is uh, Me and my two sons uh, Just wanted to come up with an idea To see what we could do to help um, the NHS obviously through charity uh, so we're going to shave our heads in uh, two weeks to help the the doctors and the nurses who are sacrificing their own time to go and help others and to save lives. My wife will be filming it and uh, sharing it on her Twitter and her Instagram so this little um, charity challenge is just for something for me and uh, the boys to, to give back and uh, we had set a target of uh, a thousand and it's been an amazing response already, especially the hard times. Everyone, we everybody been off work and jobs and that, so we're absolutely grateful. And good on him, Roger. I like that. There's, it's always encouraging to to find that some good, if you like, can, can come of these times. Yeah, absolutely fair play to him for raising a bit of money. I have a teenage son in the house who has not shaved his head, but given himself a, a haircut to get through the, the lockdown when he can get out and get the hair. He, he managed to get clippers and he's cut his own hair. He didn't, didn't raise a single pound for charity, I have to tell you, but he seems very pleased with himself. And I need to ask Gordon, by bringing Stephen Dobie of Queen of the South onto the show, are you giving us a subliminal clue for one of the answers? Oh, I've got it. Oh, came to me. He's manager at Queen of the South, yes, Alan but... Johnson. Parts, <sighs> Sunderland, Rangers, Sheffield Wednesday. Yes. Ah, brilliant, Roger. Yes, yes, yes. Would you have got it if we hadn't yeah, played Stephen Dobie? That's, that's Gordon Duncan's fault. Yep. Would you Would you not have got that without hearing Stephen Dobie? So probably struggled, yeah. No. <sighs> no, it's just when it was Queen of the South and I thought, oh my goodness, Alan Johnson. Yeah, well done, Alan Johnson. So you're halfway there, uh, Roger. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and sort of re- use a bit of reverse psychology on you here because I, I know you like these questions and I know you take great pride in getting them right. So I, I know that I can trust you to not look on Twitter. But what I will say is, people are getting this on Twitter. Not necessarily getting yeah. both, um, but certainly there's a lot of good answers there. David has got one of them. He admits that he doesn't know the other one. Um, what ones he got? <laughs> Uh, he's got the other one that you don't have. Uh, let me think. William's got it wrong. Um, what else have we got on there? Colin has got the one you don't know. Jordy Gaz has got the one you don't know. So does Sean Allison. So the standard on there is pretty good. But like I say, Roger, you're far too proud to even think about checking Twitter during this break, aren't you? Correct. Good. That's what I like to hear. Uh, let's put all that nonsense to one side because, believe it or not, there are a lot more important things than the teaser out there, and this is definitely one of them. Clyde One's Cash for Kids Appeal. I think everyone knows by now a lot of us more than a week into our new lives being asked to stay at home. It seems like a lot longer. Uh, for some of us, there's still a lot of adjusting going on to all of the challenges that come with that. So at this time, the reality of tight family finances is also starting to hit home. For many, for those who are already living payday to payday, being able to pay for food, nappies, baby milk, electricity bills, even the most basic of essentials is, is getting harder and harder. Now, we wanted to help. That's why we set up the Cash for Kids appeal. And we're asking you to make a donation. I know times are tough for everyone, but if you can help at all, 100% of your donations will help families who need it most. And if you want to help out, we would be so, so grateful. So to donate, go to Clyde1.com forward slash appeal. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna They're trying to team up on the full-time teaser It's a difficult question And Roger is not here He's in his living room So that's maybe making it a bit more difficult But they are halfway there And the reason I say that is We're only looking for two answers tonight I think this is the first time on the show We've ever had a two-answer question On the full-time teaser And it is an absolute cracker I must say it's been sent in by Martin Burns And Martin says Which two players have played in an Edinburgh derby An Old Firm derby a Tyne Weir derby So that's Newcastle Sunderland If you didn't know And a Steel City derby Which is Sheffield United Sheffield Wednesday You have one of them Which is Alan Johnson Played for Hearts Played for Rangers Played for Sunderland Which one of the, the Sheffield Wednesday, clubs was it? was it Wednesday Roger? Yeah, yeah. Wednesday. There we go So you're looking for another one Along those lines What have you got Gordon? Any guesses? Just even think out loud uh, I did think of Craig Gordon Where does he fall down? I think Sheffield yeah, yeah, don't recall him playing there Certainly played for some of the other clubs Roger, anything else during the break? No, not at all I, I wondered about Kevin Kyle Again, though, I don't, I don't think he would ever play an old firm derby for Rangers mm, I don't mm. think he did I'm not sure about Sheffield credentials either But he's not, he's not the yeah. answer you're looking for Okay Good question, isn't mm. it? What, what about timescale? We're we looking pre-Alan Johnson or post-Alan Johnson. Am I willing to tell you that? Okay, yeah, I think... Yeah, po- uh, yeah post-Alan Johnson. Post-Alan Johnson, more recent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't mind telling you that. I'm not sure that helps me. No, God. okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Right, still looking for one more. We've only got two answers to get tonight. Uh, don't forget, all along, all tonight, we've been looking for your suggestions. How do we fill this football void that we've got at the moment? What books and TV shows and movies and documentaries and all the rest of it, what would you recommend? We'll try to bring everyone together, share our suggestions and keep everyone going over the next couple of weeks. And it's been useful. Hopefully you've found it as useful as we have. I've been jotting a few down uh, coming in on Twitter as well as the phones. Let's see what uh, Andy and Finnison has for us. Hi, Andy. How are you doing, guys? All right? Not too bad at all. What have you got? The one I've got was an old, it was an old tape. I mean, I old on the VHS. It was about John Gregg. It was called Legend, and uh, it tells a kind wee story in it. Uh, they were playing some Italian team, and Jock Wallace had said to Greg before the game, "He said, look at this wee winger here. He's quite nifty, quite just. What? Why you get wee chances? Let him know you're there." And sure as what happened was the kick off and off the wee boy got it, the ball, and Greg ran about twenty yards, put the boy about six foot up in the air. <laughs> and he looked at the bench and dropped Wallace he's got his hand in his head shaking his head going I didn't mean that <laughs> I mean but that was that was the one I can remember you know that was an old I mean that must be back in the 70s you know oh, yeah. it was a good see I like that Roger I like the ones that we've not heard of and maybe we need to try and figure out where they came from would that have been televised Andy and someone's taped it or no it was actually no I got it as a present I got right. it as you know, the, old, the old VHS tape uh-huh. uh, obviously I can't watch it now because I've no you probably need to buy one I don't know if you can maybe get it on DVD now but it was just when he said that he put a boy, the wee boy up in the air you know it was just brilliant <laughs> Roger is that one you're aware of? <laughs> no that wasn't one I was aware of at all I, I actually saw some footage a week or two back of, of Jock Wallace uh, um, it was footage of when Rangers beat Celtic 3-2 and I think it was the 84 League Cup final Ali McCoy scored the hat-trick and, and and after the game 
some young reporter, you'll have, you'll have been in this scene yourself, Gordon, you know, you broadcast guys going on to the park at the final whistle and just trying to get a word with all the main players. And the, the young lad from STV approached Jock Wallace and Jock Wallace mimicked to headbutt him. And, and I thought the boy that. was going to pass out in shock and dismay. <laughs> I've seen that. That's brilliant. Uh, and Gordon, none of these stories will surprise you at all. Yeah, um, I played under Jock Wallace. And let me tell you, it's terrifying. He, he was a lovely, lovely man But he just walked into the dressing room And the place went quiet The respect he had was unbelievable We had a great story once That we were all usual footballers Talking about more money And more bonus money And I always remember it As a young kid sitting there He walks in He gets everybody in the dressing room And he points at Sandy Jardin One of the most experienced players in the dressing room Do you want more money? Sandy went white Says no, Forsyth, Cooper. He's went round about Big Derek, about three or four of them. Every one of them, no gaffer, I don't want any more money. That's the money top finish then, let's go and train. That's just the aura the, the guy had. He was unbelievable, big job. Different era, completely oh, different. Oh, the training, uh, Gordon. We used to have to do, in the dressing room, if anybody's if ever been in Ibrook's dressing rooms, the benches are very, very high. We used to do, you know, step-ups, press-ups, sit-ups, Everything And then it was a race To get to the Albion Because if you were last You'd done a punishment The times then were Incredible Andy I like that I'm going to make it uh, A challenge to see Who can dig that out Because it sounds like One from a bygone era So that was a good suggestion Andy in Finiston Let's finish off with Stevie uh, Stevie's a Celtic fan On the line at the moment Hi Stevie Hi How are you doing? Not too bad How are you? I'm great thanks Right well, how, how, how have you been Curing the boredom then? Oh well, I don't even want to think about it, you know. <laughs> well, I've got a dog, so I'll just go for a walk for a dog. What about the football fix? What have you noticed out and about? Oh, nothing. It's just I heard an item on Radio 4 this morning, you know, believe it or not. I was listening to an item. And the only league apparently in Europe, you know, or perhaps anywhere in the world that's actually still going is the Belarus. The league in Belarus is yeah. still going? Yeah, we know. Still going, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently they're signing mega deals You know with TV mm. companies Because they're the only ones That are still going Gordon you're, you're big You're big on the, the Belarusian league Are you not? You're yeah, quite a fan ma- of it yeah. Massive massive To be fair Gordon I'm glad the callers brought that up There's only two games Played so far And Minsk are top of the league And what a good Good victory at the weekend It was a derby against Dynamo 3-2 yeah. In that derby So it's a good lead, good standard. Yeah, shock result actually because Batty Borisov, they're obviously made contenders. Mm. They, they lost their first two games, didn't they? So it's been a bit of a, a shock start to, to that one. Yeah, it certainly has. And uh, there have been a few goal scorers, um, the top goal scorer, Gordon. You, I can't remember his name. You'll probably know it better <laughs> than me. Stevie, are you going to watch it? Sorry? Are you going to watch it? Are you going to try and. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know I found out. You know, it's only. Well, I football fact I can find you, uh, know, you, missed so. the, you missed the derby at the weekend there the uh, gr- Great uh, game, 3-2 against Dynamo Yeah, uh, yeah I only found out about it this morning You know, so I'll be tuning in, you know I mean, Roger, as you can imagine Gordon's he's a, he's a student of the game So all that stuff just came naturally to him We absolutely did not hand him a bit of paper during the break Because we knew that Stevie <laughs> was coming on he, it, just, it just comes naturally to him <laughs> <laughs> Roger, well, listen, Stevie's quite right. You know that the Belarusians there aren't very many confirmed cases of coronavirus in the nation. They see no reason not to continue with the football. There is no lockdown. There are none of the restrictions that we have here. And Stevie's quite right. They've made a lot of money out of this. They've sold rights to Russia. They've sold rights to I think Israel, India, many other nations. It has been a financial boom 
for Belarusian football. And, you know, Daz is right, the big weekend derby. Um, I read a piece of other week with Alexander Hleb, who was the former Arsenal player, who, who I believe is still playing there now, deep into his 30s, explaining why the league is going on. But I, I have stopped short of trying to find any highlights from the derby at the weekend. Of all the weirdness that might come out of this coronavirus, how bizarre would it be if everyone adopted a team from Belarus? Mm. Imagine going forward that just changed the, changed the dynamic. Uh, Stevie, I want you to keep us up to date on this. I want you to find the footage. Start watching it You could be Clyde One Super Scoreboard's First ever Belarus correspondent Stevie Does that sound good? Yeah That sounds good Yeah right Good man I'll get you on it That was Stevie on the line Are you, Can I can I tempt you to try and pronounce no The chance. top scorer's Absolutely name? Absolutely no? no chance Roger we, we have given him a bit of paper With a couple of facts on it And it's got a few of the goal scorers on it I would say Lazimar something I don't I could never go it's... the same Is he going Lazimar? No What are you going I don't then? know Vladimir? Maybe tweet it out and see what the correct pronunciation should be. Vladimir? Vladimir Kavachinsky. Kavachinsky? Yeah. Ski. Ski at the end, anyway. Whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean. Is he still at Dynamo, does? Ah, uh, a good player. He's top goal scorer over there just now, Roger. He's only on two goals he's only, Well he's still top goal scorer That is very true Right let's see where we're at in the teaser We've got a couple of minutes left But I'll put a couple of minutes aside for this And let's see if we can I don't want to give Too many of I don't want to give obvious clues So let's try and work our way towards it Martin Burns' question tonight says Which two players have played in an Edinburgh derby An Old Firm derby A Tyne Weir derby And a Steel City derby So just in case you don't know Those last two are Newcastle Sunderland And the Sheffield clubs Now you've got Alan Johnson you're 50% of the way there He played for Hearts He played for Rangers Played for Sunderland And Sheffield Wednesday I think you two said Didn't you mm. um, What about the other one? I think I think because Alan Johnson Was the Rangers I think the other one Will have played with Celtic Right But you're basing that On absolutely nothing really Are I'm you? I'm basing that On a 50-50 <laughs> chance here Right That's okay. why I'm basing that one So I'm going Celtic Alan Johnson played Rangers Hearts So I'm going Celtic Hibs Mm-hmm uh, it doesn't have to be the opposite though Yeah I am That's the way I'm, right, okay. I'm narrowing this down Gordon And I think With the look of your face I'm on the track here I think you've got me worried I think I have got um, you worried On Twitter Andrew McCallum's gone Aidan McGeady Which is wrong William <laughs> says Liam Miller Which is wrong Kevin McDonald says Ross Wallace Which is wrong Ross Wallace That's a good one Roger what are you thinking at the moment? Um... Not I actually thought Stephen Fletcher But he'll he'll never have played an old thumb Fair No, no No Thank you Celtic Hibs Because it's definitely Celtic, Celtic player No, I'll give you that Since there's like oh, 40 yes. seconds left Yes Hibs Are you giving us Hibs? You giving us Hibs? Give you Hibs Oh, I told you Martin and Aaron are down Roger I've got him I've So got if we've had Sunderland Are you giving us Newcastle? No Oh, Sunderland mm -hmm. oh, Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday I'll be honest I can't remember what Sheffield I think United But I don't think that'll matter I think once you've got the other three Sheffield United We need clues oh. It is Sheffield United But it's not like you two Were going to get to that point And go, oh If only no. I could remember Which of the two Sheffield clubs it was I was unlucky there Narrowing that down Right Time is against us Right, give us a clue So Hibs Can be Is it Anthony Stokes? Yes Wow Roger Well giggled oh! Well giggled Brilliant. mate Well done Roger Hannah you can get back to Making the dinner Or whatever it is You should be doing at this time That was Roger Hannah Live from his living room Thank you to Gordon DL In the studio But as always The biggest thanks goes to you Thank you so much For keeping us company At any time But particularly at the moment We really appreciate it It's a great 
bit of respite for us to come in here two hours and talk football to you and we'll do it again tomorrow who's back Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi from 6 o'clock so hopefully you'll join us and up next is Callum Gallagher he'll look after you Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.